from beautiful Colorado Springs. <laughs> this is The Mystic Show, episode 147. Everybody, welcome to the Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran. I'm happy you're able to join me. This show, we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and a lot of things unseen and otherworldly, which, as we know, are the most important aspects of our lives, right? All the feelings, all the virtues, uh, yeah, all the people around us. So the purpose of this show is for you and I to explore these deeper subjects and, of course, implement them in a, into our lives when we can, so we can actually benefit from them. And obviously, each of us being on a spiritual journey of our own, um, we can forward our growth on the path, if you will. And this this uh, podcast shows really hopefully it helps you every week kind of just little reminder little reminder little reminder every week just you know a couple different topics some different concepts and and over time you know you're building this into your way of life and of course this show is just a very surface level reminder about spirituality i mean there's obvious the obvious things we need to do like meditate and actually before I talk about our sponsor, not our sponsor, our, uh, I guess it's our sponsor. <laughs> it's my wife and I started an organization uh, called Pause Your Life. But before we talk about Pause Your Life, I want to real quick just read this little piece about meditation and focus from the book 365 Dao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. Um, I used to read from this book a lot on this show because each page is like a mini reading on a, on a topic. It's pretty cool. So this is actually the, the reading and the topic for today because as the title suggests, there's a reading for every day of the year, 365 Dow. And today's is called Focus. So I'll just go ahead and read it. Focus. Two chess masters confront each other. Without music, chorus, or sound. Chairs do not squeak. Audience does not talk. Why, then, do people meditate carelessly? When two chess masters play, the audience is solemn. Everyone understands what is at stake. Everyone knows that the masters must be allowed utter silence and total concentration. But when it comes to people's attitudes about meditation, they assume that noisy streets, inconsiderate roommates, foul smells, and dirty rooms have no impact. 
After all, isn't meditation just a mental activity divorced from the realities of environment? If that were so, there wouldn't be meditation halls. If that were so, there wouldn't be places of solace. If that were so, then people wouldn't seek the quiet of secret gardens. Meditation is not a supplementary activity. It is not mere relaxation and stress reduction. It is the way to bring one's very humanity into focus. If we want to succeed in meditation, we must act in the correct setting. We need places where the, the air is fresh, nature is close by, and we can remain undisturbed. Then we can slip into serenity. If we can understand the need of the chess masters for uninterrupted focus, we can also understand the precise attention that we must bring to our meditation. Right? I like that reading a lot because, you know, we don't want to say that meditation is a serious activity and all that, but, but we have to take it seriously, you know? It's been said that you should... Play as if you're work, working and work as if you're playing. So when you're working, you shouldn't be so serious. Kind of, you know, have a good time and keep the uh, energy light and flowing. Almost like it's a game. Almost like you're playing. Uh, but when you're playing a game, it's good to focus and be, be a little more serious. Um, Anyway, that's a weird little juxtaposition right there to twist your brain on a Friday or Saturday whenever you're listening to this. Um, yeah, and I know from my own experience this idea of, of getting absorbed in meditation. So I know when people start meditation, a lot of times it's... I mean, I know when I started, the, the first meditation session I had with my local prefect... For about 35 minutes, I, I think it was about 35 minutes, let's say, 30, 40 minutes, whatever. I really, and I, this is no joke, and I've said this before on the show, I literally just looked at the flowing lights on the back of my eyelids. Not really lights, but when you close your eyes, you can see like these flowing colors and you know, it's very subtle, but I literally sat there the whole meditation and just saw these colors flowing and I, w I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And um, when we were finished, I told my prefect, I said, you know, I told him this is what happened. And he said, yeah, that'll, that'll go away. And literally the next day we meditated again together and it was a completely different experience. I actually settled down. I actually felt calm but settling down and feeling calm are just the tip of the iceberg of meditation. Um, again, from experience, I know over time, the more I meditate and the more I get help with meditation, the more quickly I can slip into this deeper state or, you know, state of higher awareness, or you can think it, sometimes it feels like an absorbed state as well. You just feel, you just feel something. It's, it's not a mental game anymore. It's not, you know, ooh, I had thoughts about this and I'm, and I'm trying to meditate on this. It, the mental game over time will 
fa- be phased out. And and of course, thoughts will always be there, but you end up coming somewhere deeper. That's why meditating on the heart, divinity in the heart is so special because then you start to feel things in your heart. And I don't mean physically, I mean uh, subtly, spiritual feelings. So, and then the more you meditate, and once you sort of get into this absorbed state multiple times and in different, you know, on over time, um, what happens is when you, and the more you meditate on your own, you can slip into this meditative state much more easily. Like you'll sit down and close your eyes and within almost immediately, you'll just boom, you'll be, you'll feel something, you'll feel that deeper state, whatever it is, right? It's different for everybody. So, um, and then of course, one of the goals of spirituality is to, you know, not just be in this awesome, highly aware state when we're meditating, but to bring that state into our normal waking everyday life, every moment of our lives. So after a while, we can actually live as if we're in meditation all the time. It sounds interesting, doesn't it? Well, it's up to you. This is your adventure to meditate and try to reach these states. So I mentioned quickly, pause your life. Uh, pause your life. Uh, we do meetups and retreats. And we have a meetup group in New Jersey and one in Colorado Springs and one in Denver we're starting. And the idea of pause your life, as you know, is to hit the pause button on your life. Like we get so wrapped up in everyday life that we never just stop and drop all of our baggage and just be, just be a human being. Just enjoy life. Enjoy being alive, you know, being completely present, being in an atmosphere of total acceptance, you know, transcending the dualities of life, you know, going beyond good and bad, uh, right and wrong. Or how about going beyond success and failure? You know, these, these dualities are, well, they exist in the physical form. In the spiritual realm, these dualities do not exist. Because that realm is beyond dualities. It's beyond physical bodies and rocks and cats and dogs and humans and oceans and big mountains which now now we live next to a really big mountain, <laughs> Pikes Peak. So anyway, pauseyourlife.org is the website, pauseyourlife.org. There's blog posts there, there's information. We we have usually have an annual retreat and um anyway, we're still planning the next one, but um yeah, so thank you to Pause Your Life for all your support to make the Mystic Show possible. Um so like I mentioned, we're settling into a new place here in Colorado Springs. And, and, you know, this is our first home and, you know, I'm not a very handy kind of a guy. I'm not the worst in terms of handiness. I, I can do a lot of things. I can do little things. I can do some big things. I have experience with different construction and roofing and, and all this stuff. Um, so I know some things and windows and all this stuff, but, 
there's a lot I don't know. And it's funny because there's this one <laughs> little, in, in, in one of our uh, bathrooms, the drain for the bathroom need to be replaced. And uh, the previous owner gave us a drain to put in there. And I'm just holding this drain in my hand and just thinking like, I, I mean, I, I just don't know exactly how to put it in right with the putty and, and making sure it closes tight. And all. I, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I didn't even attempt it. So I know one of our neighbors who's also new in the neighborhood, he's a very handy guy. So hopefully <laughs> maybe when we have our housewarming party, he can come by and, uh, you know, at least tell me what to do. Cause if, if someone tells me what to do, I can do it usually. And I'm not afraid of that. It's just, I don't know what to do. And, and a lot of times I don't want to do it wrong. So by the way, I booked a guest uh, interview for the Mystic Show. I think I'm doing it next week. And it's a woman who wrote a book. I'll tell you all about her after, you know, in the episode. Um, but I was just, you know, I have this thing about guests on the Mystic Show. Like, I, I feel like I want to be super picky about my guests because I don't, want this show to become like the very superficial level of spirituality. Like I try really hard on this show to, to just be ultra real and really get down to what's really important. You know, not auras, not a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of things in spirituality which are good and true and I believe them, but like I was just telling my wife, you know, before I came to a dedicated spiritual practice with a spiritual guide to help me, um, I was into all kinds of different things, telepathy, remote viewing, uh, aliens, conspiracy theory, all kinds of these. I, I loved all that stuff. And I, I learned astrology a little bit. You know, I overdosed on Tony Robbins. I mean, self-help, everything. I loved everything. And it was all good. It was all part of my journey. And in my experience, all that stuff led me to my to my real serious kind of spiritual meditation practice. And after doing this practice for a while, I don't I'm not interested in any of those things anymore. Now, again, that's I don't mean to say they're not real. I don't want to say that they're Silly? They're not silly. They're good. They're real. I believe in all them. <laughs> uh, but each of us, at some point on our spiritual path, we we kind of like shed some of the the more superficial teachings to really get to the crux of spirituality. And what is that crux? It's becoming one with God or your Creator, whatever you want to call it. It's dropping this ego and just, you know, because you're already part of everything. The universe is already one unit. You know, you cannot hurt someone else without hurting yourself, right? So we're all linked and, and we may have separate bodies and that's fine. But on some level, we're all linked and we're all, it's just, this is one thing, this whole universe thing. And the the ultimate one of the, or the ultimate goal of spirituality as i understand it is to dissolve our ego enough and dissolve all our baggage and get rid of all our clean out all our stuff 
um, so that we can experience being part of that oneness. And, and we can know it, we can feel it, we can experience it. And again, I've, it's like being in love. You can't explain it, you can't describe it, but you know it. So getting to that level of spirituality, that's a whole different ballgame than, you know, what's your, what's your moon sign and all this stuff. I mean, again, I love all that stuff and I believe it, um, you know, to a certain extent. But is it part of my journey anymore? Not really. There's other stuff that's part of my journey, you know, other interesting things. And, and, and I do want to point out that there's no right and wrong order in which to learn all these things about spirituality. Like you learn things in your own way. And, and I have to tell you, whatever you're doing right now, whatever path you're on is good. So I don't ever want to come off as though I'm judging or, you know, sort of laying out this, uh, path for you to walk in a certain order. No, there's no order. There's just you and your path and it's all good. So, yeah. So one of the things I uh, we did this past weekend was we planted some garlic in our neighbor's garden. Luckily, we have a really cool neighbor to the left, and pretty much every neighbor we've met here is just great. Um, you know, many of them knocked on the door and said welcome to the neighborhood, brought us flowers, cookies, pumpkin bread. Uh, we really feel welcome, and and like I said, we're going to have our housewarming party soon. And hopefully all the whole, all the neighbors can come over. Um, but our neighbor on the left, she has a nice garden in the back of her house. And uh, so my wife actually bought some garlic to plant because we have a small garden bed on the side of our house, but it hasn't been used for a while. So our neighbor said, hey, you can plant the garlic in my garden. So that was a whole process. We went over there. We were learning about how to plant. You know, she was telling about how... She cultivates her soil and then how we had to plant the garlic and that we plant it in the fall and we cover it up and in the springtime, it's ready. It's all grown um, underground, of course, mostly underground, of course. Um, and, you know, the garden is such a great spiritual analogy, right? It's like our lives. The seeds we plant are what grows, Period. I mean, how profound is that? <laughs> you know, what seeds can you plant in your life today that will bring forth amazing, an amazing crop later, an amazing result later? That's profound. So we planted garlic, and then because the the garden bed on the side of our house hasn't been used a while, our neighbor said, "Hey, I'll help you." You know, she told us a couple bags of soil to buy. And, and some manure, some sheep manure. And we bought three bags, two, two bags of soil, kind of, and one bag of the sheep manure. And she came over and we had to, you know, first weed the garden and then remove some of the bigger rocks. And then we took a shovel and turned, turned over the dirt a little. We just, you know, um, and the dirt was actually surprisingly in good shape. She said it's a very good garden you know, and it, it'll be really good. And the dirt is pretty good. So then we dumped in the two bags of dirt and the manure and we, you know, we, um, 
mixed it all together, right? And and then we covered it with hay, uh, just to keep it covered and uh, protected from the winter, uh, because right now it's it's obviously fall. It's October, you know, beginning of October. And then uh, she had some netting, which we stapled down along the sides to keep the uh, so so all the the hay doesn't blow away. But here's the whole reason for me telling this. I know you were thinking, like, what what does this have to do with spirituality? Well, we did not plant anything in our bed. We we didn't plant one thing. All we did was prepare the soil for the spring. So sometimes in our lives, it you know, we may you might want to do something or you might want to prepare something and you don't quite know why or you don't see the immediate benefit. A lot of times there's a future benefit that we don't know about. And also sometimes in our lives we may want a result. You know, we may have a goal or an idea of something we want in the future and we can't get it immediately. However, there's usually groundwork you can do immediately that will help the final goal. Just like our garden. We did, a, we did you know, two hours of work, which almost killed me <laughs> because we hadn't eaten lunch and it was the sun was direct. And I don't know, I'm not used to that kind of work. I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, but we spent a lot of time and energy and a little bit of money to get that garden bed ready for next year. Right? So sometimes in our lives, we have to get things ready now and allow it to unfold later. Another great example of this is making space. Making space. I learned from one of my previous mentors that if you want something, make space for it first. And he told the story about a woman who wanted new curtains for her house. Her curtains were like really, really old and in bad shape and they didn't work correctly and all this. And so he just told her, said, and but oh well she didn't have money to buy the new curtains yet so she said oh i'll leave these curtains up and then when i have enough money i'll buy new ones and i'll take these old curtains down throw them away and then i'll put up my new curtains and my mentor one of my mentors said no take the old curtains down right now <laughs> and she's like well people are going to be able to see in my house directly into my front window he said I don't care. Take them down. <laughs> and and what he was what the reason for that is when you make space for something it then sort of creates this somehow this level of urgency to get the new thing. So the woman took down the curtains and guess what? Within like 2 days someone somewhere that she knew said, "Oh, they have these extra curtains or someone was getting rid of their curtains or Someone ordered the wrong curtains and had extra and they said, oh, do you want them? And the woman said, oh my God, yes, please. I need curtains. Um, so making space for something, you know, if you want a new couch in your living room, make a space for it. Leave, leave an empty space sitting there for a while with the intention of filling it with something. And it's funny when we have the intention and we make the space for it, it usually happens. So spiritually, the same thing. If you want to meditate more, right, make space for it. Set a time every day where you go sit somewhere for 
10 minutes or 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. But just sit there. Try to meditate every day. Make the space for it in your schedule. And the first few days, the first week might not be that successful. You might feel like, what the heck am I doing? I can't even meditate. But just keep making space for it and that will allow something to grow there. Um, So in a way, that's what we did on the side of our house, right? We cultivated this little garden, just the dirt. We made space. We got a space ready for the spring. So now when the spring comes, we're going to plant, um, I think, onions and potatoes for two reasons. One, we really eat onions and potatoes a lot. We like them. And the deer don't eat onions and potatoes, <laughs> typically. And there are a lot of deer around here. So um, so I'm going to read a story in a minute, and we're going to kind of end with this story. But um, I mentioned last week that I was at a spiritual gathering uh, about a week and a half ago. And it was very good. I mean, if, it's just amazing when you set aside a couple days for your own meditation and growth, how much good it really does for you. <laughs> it, it cannot be explained. I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you how it will be helpful, but my goodness, it's just vital, these pauses in our lives, right? In fact, there's that, the saying, you know, it's the, um, wait a minute. The pauses between the words give meaning to the sentence. So if we don't pause and everything is just a blur, then nothing means anything. So that's why parts of our life are activity. Parts have to be rest. And, and that's just balance. Um, so during this gathering, I had the idea, I had the personal experience that, um, you know, living, by the way, living everyday life in 2015 it can be difficult working, earning money, cooking, cleaning, and organizing and everything, right? Interacting with other people, your family. There's a zillion things we have to do. Um, and we kind of get into this autopilot mode. You know, I want to call it autopilot mode right now, where it's like we're, we're just in an intellectual mode and we're just completing tasks. We're making lists and completing tasks. And it's good. I mean, when there's stuff to do and we have to get organized, yes, we have to use our intellect and be focused and organized and do certain things. Uh, but the, the danger is we get caught in this autopilot mode and we never switch off our autopilot. And, and, the, and so switching off your autopilot is, in a way, just becoming present and becoming mindful. You've heard of mindfulness. So when we slip out of intellectual mode and, you know, task-oriented mode, and which is, as well, opinion mode and knowledge mode. Oh, this is what I know. No, do it this way. Don't do it that way. I've done it this way and it worked. And you know what? This is no good. I don't like that. And like knowledge and opinions (laughs) using our intellect. Again, it's okay for practical reasons, but this is called the mystic show for a reason because we have to balance out 
that autopilot mode with authentic mode. Let's call it authentic mode, right? Where we're more present, where maybe we don't have knowledge. Maybe we step out of the realm of knowledge and, and I don't know, you know, and maybe you're, maybe you have no opinions either and you're just present and, you know, and maybe more humble. And, and, and the reason this came to me was just in my interactions with other people, I wanted to make sure that I'm not coming across as, you know, Mr. Knowledge and Mr. Opinion and, and Mr. Ego, um, which I, I, I know I'm not really bad and I know I'm not bad either, but of course, being alive, there's some ego there, right? And we're always sort of aware of, okay, how can I dissolve my ego a little more? At least I am. So I kind of was thinking I wanted to be a little more humble in my interactions with people. And I think a big part of that is stepping out of autopilot mode or switching off your autopilot. You know, autopilot, think of an airplane, right? The, the pilot will fly the plane until it gets up to a certain altitude and then he'll click a button and all of a sudden the plane flies itself and, and the actual pilot just sits there, you know, maybe reading a magazine or looking out the window a little bit, whatever. Well, if it's nighttime, there's nothing to see outside anyway. So you know, you put on autopilot and you trust it. But again, the trap for us humans can be to get stuck in autopilot mode. So, um, so anyway, uh, I, I, that's just the thought I had of stepping out of autopilot mode, being a little more humble in my interaction with other people, maybe not, you know, being so knowledgeable. I mean, if, obviously if there's a piece of knowledge that I have and, and it can help someone, obviously I'll, give it to them. But as far as just randomly spouting knowledge or, I mean, it's not that I do that either, but you get the idea. So, and, and, and the other thing I've found in life for myself is that a lot of times when we're not doing anything, when we're just, when we're just present, I've noticed that life itself pushes itself forward so again, in the modern world, we think that we have to push and push to get things done. Like, if I don't do it, how is it going to get done? You know, I have to be focused. I have to push. I have to set goals and work toward them and all that. And it's on some level, that's true. But I'm bringing up the idea and my observation that when you do nothing, life doesn't sit still. Life moves. Life pushes itself forward to some degree. So it's actually kind of cool. You can you can just observe that. That's one of the greatest things about mindfulness that I, that I've experienced is that you can just be present and mindful and you just watch the river of life flow. And it can be really interesting. And it's also heartening to know that I don't have to push life forward every moment of every day. Life will push itself and, and the universe will unfold on its own. I can be a co-creator, but I don't have to do everything. 
So, so I want to read this story. This was sent to me by a friend, and I don't know where this story is from. So, so I'll just read it. It's it's not long. It's it's a nice little story, and 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 after the story, I'll fade in the music, and we'll we'll end the show there. Um, yeah. So this story is called Holy Shadow. There once lived a saint so good that the angels came from heaven to see how a man could be so godly. This saint went about his daily life diffusing virtue as the stars diffuse light and the flowers scent without being aware of it. His day could be summed up by two words. He gave, he forgave. Yet these words never passed his lips. They were expressed in his ready smile, his kindness, forbearance, and charity. The angels said to God, Lord, grant him the gift of miracles. God replied, ask what it is that he wishes. They said to the saint, would you like the touch of your hands to heal the sick? No, answered the saint, I would rather God do that. Would you like to convert guilty souls and bring back wandering hearts to the right path? No, that is the angel's mission. It is not for me to convert. Would you like to become a model of patience, attracting men by the luster of your virtues and thus glorifying God? No, replied the saint. If men should be attracted to me, they would become estranged from God. What is it that you desire then? asked the angels. What can I wish for? asked the saint, smiling. That God gives me his grace. With that, would I not have everything? The angel said, You must ask for a miracle, or one will be forced upon you. Very well, said the saint, that I may do a great deal of good without ever knowing it. The angels were perplexed. They took counsel and resolved upon the following plan. Every time the saint's shadow fell behind him or to either side so that he could not see it, it would have the power to cure disease, soothe pain, and comfort sorrow. When the saint walked along, his shadow, thrown on the ground on either side or behind him, made arid paths green, caused withered plants to bloom, gave clear water to dried-up brooks, fresh color to pale children, and joy to unhappy men and women. The saint simply went about his daily life diffusing virtue as the stars diffuse light and the flowers scent without being aware of it. The people, respecting his humility, followed him silently, never speaking to him about his miracles. Soon they even forgot his name, and called him the Holy Shadow. Okay, that's the end of the story, but there's a few more paragraphs here that I'll read. This is the ultimate. One has to become the Holy Shadow, just a shadow of God. This is the greatest revolution that can happen to a human being, the transfer of the center. You are no longer your own center. God becomes your center. You live like his shadow. You are not powerful, 
because you don't have any center to be powerful. You are not virtuous. You do not have any center to be virtuous. You are not even religious. You do not have any center to be religious. You are simply not a tremendous emptiness with no barriers and blocks. So the divine can flow through you unhindered, uninterpreted, untouched. So the divine can flow through you as he is, not as you would like him to be. He does not pass through your center. There is none. The center is lost. This is the meaning of this sutra, that finally you have to sacrifice your center so you cannot think in terms of the ego again. You cannot utter I. To annihilate yourself utterly, to erase yourself utterly, nothing belongs to you. On the contrary, you belong to God. You become a holy shadow. And that's a pretty cool story to end with. I'm happy you could join me on this episode of The Mystic Show. If you want to share our episodes, please do uh, on your social media or anywhere. Um, Our website is themysticshow.net. And as you move through your day and your weekend, maybe you want to contemplate some of the ideas we discussed here on the show. And uh, maybe you want to write in your journal about it. Anyhow, as you, as you move forward, I hope you can put some of these things into practice, experience it, and learn and grow. And as always, keep shining. <laughs>